Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Keisha from White Horse CrossFit out of the Woodlands, Texas. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, thanks, Brooke. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. Excited to have you here and to learn more about what you have going on over at your facility. Before we dive into the business stuff, give me a brief background. What was it ultimately that led to you getting involved as a CrossFit business owner? Okay, so 10 years ago, before I really found CrossFit, I was actually running um, boot camps in my uh, hometown park in the park of my hometown running small group fitness there and I would tear out of a magazine because that's how old I am um, these articles from a, a thing called CrossFit in San Diego and had just started so I would tear those out and I would put my boot campers through these workouts and so when an affiliate opened up in my hometown I'm like I've got to go try this place out so I went and tried it out went back to my boot campers and I'm like we're all going come on so I brought most of my boot campers over into that, um, the CrossFit affiliate. I just fell in love with it immediately, almost um, instantly got my level one. It's like kind of easy, easily transitioned from coaching boot camp and the coaching CrossFit. Obviously, there's different things like the gymnastic skills and the barbell work. I had never touched a barbell before CrossFit. So um, I had a lot to learn, but I knew that's where I wanted to go. Um, so I coached at that gym for several years. I opened up a small gym um, in my hometown not long after that, and then had some life changes, moved uh, to the Woodlands. always knew I was going to do it again. Um, even though I had a full-time job, I knew that's kind of where I was meant to do. And I um, found a space and three years later opened White Horse CrossFit. Awesome. So CrossFit kind of found you. <laughs> yeah. And- um you built something out of it uh now you have white horse crossfit how long have you guys been open there we opened in 2019 uh right before the pandemic so um this january will be three years awesome and um tell me a little bit you know give us i guess your elevator pitch of uh white horse crossfit tell us who you are what services you have to provide kind of paint a picture for us so that we understand your business model obviously you know the listener probably understands crossfit somewhat but everybody runs their facility a little bit different so so kind of like what i would say in a no sweat or something like that consult yeah like who you are what services you have to provide like if i was somebody interested in joining what would you tell me okay so we our main service is crossfit group classes Um, We have quarterly goal review sessions, so that's one of the things that our gym has that maybe not every gym has, but as soon as you join, you have a a goal-setting session with the coach, and you get an in-body scan and a uh, nutrition plan based off of your in-body scan. Um, At that goal-setting session, we go ahead and schedule your next one, so every three months, we're checking in with you to make sure that you're on track to reach your goals. Um, We require all new to CrossFit people to go through our beginners program, uh, which is four classes of um, a small group class, we cap it at three. So they go through those four classes and then we transition them into a group class. Okay, got it. So 
the bread and butter is the CrossFit group classes. Do you guys have one-on-one -on -one training at all that you offer on top of that if somebody is looking for something more specific? Yes. So we do some personal training. There was a time when we did a whole lot of personal training, um, so, but we don't focus on really growing that as much. I think if we did, we could potentially um, overbook ourselves, which is kind of what happened in the beginning, but we do still do some personal training. I try, actually, I don't book any new clients. I still have a couple of one-on-ones that have been with me for a long time and I'll keep them till they stop. But um, as far as feeding the personal training to my other coaches who have more availability, um, we do that some and mm -hmm. we could do it more, but we are short-staffed. I mean, it's, uh, it's a struggle to keep the classes filled, especially now with two gyms. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Um, how many classes do you guys have a day? We have six. Okay, so six class times a day. And with that, how many members are you serving right now? Now you have two locations. I know we haven't really talked about that much here on air, but just kind of give us a general idea of both locations, what, what you're looking at. Okay, so the uh, the one we opened in 2019, the White Horse, um, we have between 100 and 110 is what we fluctuate uh, month to month, right around the 100 number mark. And then the other location we actually just purchased um, in September and we inherited 16 members. So um, we have some work to do there. Okay, and what's, a, like, what's the square footage in these facilities looking like? How big are they? It's pretty funny because the um, the original location with over 100 members, we've got 2,000 square feet, and then the gym that we just purchased with 16 members is probably like 3,500 square feet. I know these are numbers I should know since I just took over the lease there, but um, I mean it's twice as big. It's 3,500 to 4,000 square feet. Yeah, it's huge. Well, it feels okay. huge to me because I'm used to training 100 people in 2,000 square feet, and then when I go over there, I'm like, wow, it's I've got so much space to spread out. Yeah. So, I mean, even with, you know, you got your 2000 square feet, your 3,500 to 4,000, like those are decent spaces. Um, I'm assuming they're very open, like a typical box. Right. Um, so you can kind of pack some people into your classes um, are, you know, a hundred, a hundred ish, ish, hundred to 110 members in your first location, um, is that a place where you feel pretty comfortable? You're looking to kind of step on the, the brakes a little bit, or are you guys ideally looking to take more clients on at that facility? I mean, we're going to take on more clients. Our classes, we cap them at 12, right? And sometimes they get full and that's okay. Um, but I really wouldn't want to grow in this location. If we get too much bigger, we'll have to find, um, a bigger building so that we can facilitate because it costs us the same to run a class of 12 as it would to run a class of 20. I think um, we want to be sure also that people have the equipment that they need and the space that they need. Um, 12 people with a you know 2,000 square feet gym and one rig it can get kind of you know I want everyone to have the space so that they have a good workout um, and also the coach's attention. So I don't know I think we can stay here and probably grow to around 100 30 to 150 and then we have got well we could also add another class time right yeah if we, um, like this location and I, I do like the location and I like the landlord so we may just um, add other class times whenever we get past capacity but I don't think I would ever cap like I only want 100 members I mean I want quality members and you know paying a good price and all of that so I'm not just open and want everybody but um 
yeah, I mean, I'd grow this place to 200 members if I could. So. Yeah, I mean, realistically, they say like if if we have 2,000 square feet, we should be able to configure our schedule and you know fit around 100 people per 1,000 square feet. So like okay. 200 yeah. is where it would start to be like, okay, maybe we need a bigger space. Um, but I don't think it's unrealistic to look at 150 more in that, in that facility. Now talking about the new one that you just acquired, you've got 16 members there right now. What are you guys doing to bring them in? Like, how are you going to fill it up? Oh my gosh. So it's been, um, chaos because the um the previous owner was owner financing it to the manager and she reached out to me um mid-august and she needed someone to take over before september 1st like she it was quite urgent so i didn't go out and seek a second location or um anything like that i just took advantage of an opportunity that came along um so moved pretty quickly on it, took over management, tried to save, you know, stop the bleeding of members, let them know that, you know, fresh faces were coming in. I have, a, um, I think Whitehorse has a reputation of being a professional gym, and I think we're pretty stable now in the community. So um, just let people know, hey, you know, please don't leave, we're coming. So we did that. And then after that, I've got to get staff, right? So that's my main um, focus right now is staff. And then once we get it staffed, I'm planning on doing the same campaigns and running the same things that work to build Whitehorse to 100 in three years and hope to get um, the next location to 100 in less than that, maybe a year and a half. Because I feel like now I've learned, right? This worked, this didn't work. Let's do this and let's do more of this that worked. So hopefully I'm not being too ambitious, but I started Whitehorse with zero members. So 16 is more than I started with here. Um, I feel like that's at least you know, halfway to break even over there at that location. So um, yeah, I plan on running text campaigns. I have a great software for that. Um, emails, we have a ton of email, just list of 2000 people on our email list. Um, yeah, okay. a friend. So we doing a lot of stuff with the internal community, people who I might've inquired in the past or mm -hmm. people who might've been a past client, um, you know, whatever reason we have them in there in that yes. list. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's good. I think all of that is stuff that we should just be doing around the clock regardless, because, um, we might not be right for somebody in one moment, but if we continuously just remind them that we are there and that we exist, like eventually when the time is right, they're going to come, they're going to come in. Right. Uh, my question to you would be, what are you guys doing to reach people that aren't a part of your community already, who aren't on the email list, who aren't on the text list? Um, how are you reaching the people who might not know that you exist or that you acquired a second location, et cetera. Yeah, I think that that's probably a tricky one for me. I've done um, the Facebook ads and the Instagram ads, um, but apparently I haven't done them correctly. They've never really paid off for me. Um, one thing I hope to do once I get staff is learn a little bit more about that, right? Right now I'm coaching way more than I should be coaching, um, but I wanna learn a little bit more about that and the Google ads. Um, but really in the beginning, what worked for Whitehorse are those little uh, cheap stake signs, the little yard signs that you put out. So I go oh, out yeah. on a Friday afternoon and, and plaster the neighborhoods with those. And um, surprisingly, a lot of people reached out from those. Um, 
so yeah, this is one place that I still struggle with. I know um, we run Bring a Friend Week. That's usually pretty successful, but that is a little bit internal still. Um, a lot of our new business comes from referrals, someone's family, someone's friends. Um, so as, as far as like really cold leads, just reaching out to them um, is something I, I still struggle with. I mean, you're a fitness person and I think it's okay to not be an expert at the marketing side of the business. Um, it's definitely something that we all have to figure out. And I would say I've tried the street signs. I, I did that just like you did. And you're right. It does bring in clients, but it's hard to predict. Like yeah. we'll do it. Like we used to do it um, very often and we would do it once and we would get like a ton of calls the next day. And then um, people start to take down the signs, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then it starts to slow down. So it's really unpredictable if that's something that's going to help us substantially or not. Um, now, Facebook, Instagram, it's great. But like you brought up, you have to figure out how to use it. Um, you mentioned that you guys have done a little bit, but it never worked. Why don't you think it worked for you? Um, you know, I don't know. I think just my ignorance of it. Like I just go on there, run an ad, set my little radius and throw some money in it. And, you know, I'm not taking the time to really understand how it works or what works and what doesn't work. So I guess that's why yeah, I, mean, I don't even know enough to know why it's not working. So there you go. When we have experience like that, where we spend money on something and we don't see a payoff, we, it kind of like burns us a little bit right. um, yeah. and we have that negative connotation toward that idea of advertising um I don't know about you but I hate spending money if I'm not going to make money from it like I don't even like to go buy new clothes unless there's a reason for me to have a <laughs> new pair of clothes um and so um if we're not if we're spending money on something like advertising we want it to work and right. so for you the street signs they've gotten a little bit of a payoff. And so that's why you see it beneficial to continue buying them. Right. Um, you mentioned, you know, once you were able to kind of get staffing in that you'd like to be able to focus more on the, the digital side. Um, right. Is that because you'll have more time to focus on it? Um, and since you'll be less in the business day to day or kind of what's your reasoning on waiting? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing what I can right now, but with just taking over that gym, you know, with a two weeks notice, it, it you know, if for some reason at one location, um, coaches are out of town or sick or whatever, I can fill in and I can coach the whole day if I have to, I don't want to, and I don't like it, but when there's two gyms, it's been real that much harder. So at Whitehorse, we had a full staff, but it wasn't overly staffed by any means. So right now, like there are days, most days since September 1st, I have coached from 5.30 or five in the morning and I'm not getting home until seven or eight at night. So, um, and my main focus in those times when I don't have um, a class or a client in front of me is finding a coach, finding staff, finding staff. So that I just literally haven't had the time. I know the first two weeks of September, I don't even think I ate um, because I was also doing my due diligence. What am I buying this gym that I'm about to purchase? Like, what exactly is it? Um, so digging into their past, uh, into their books and into their past memberships and all of that. So it's been um, just 
constant work for me um, for the past, what is it, three weeks now. But I do have a couple of coaches coming on. One new coach started last week. Two new coaches are starting next week. So it's slowly starting to free up my time. Um, myself and the other head coach here, we are coaching way more than we should be at this moment. Yeah, it's really, it's very challenging when you're in the business in the day-to-day so much. You can't focus. You literally have no time to focus on the business. Um, For you, you tried to focus on the business and then you forgot to eat and take care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, That's really, really hard. Uh, So I definitely understand, you know, staffing being something that you have to kind of figure out now. Once you, you know, hire these staff or you just hired them, um, what are you working to do to ensure that um, it's a successful kind of um, hiring experience? Because I know there is a lot of churn in this industry uh, with coaches. So what are you doing to kind of set yourself and the coach up for success? Yeah, that's a good question. And that's something I'm also, I'm learning as far as like, we've brought on one girl that's never coached before. So I'm kind of learning how that's going to look. But the other coaches have coached before. So it's, we have a coach's job description that we go over together. This is what the expectations are. Um, We go over it verbally, they sign off on it, um, as well as like a, um, a, like a contract agreement that's even a little bit more legal as far as things like that. So I think setting the expectation right up front that this is exactly what I expect. And are you okay with that? Is that, do you have a problem with any of these things? Knowing exactly what I expect from my coaches and communicating that with them at the beginning helps set us up for success, right? So there's no gray area. This is exactly what I want. And are you okay with that? And can you understand why we have to do it this way? Um, Purchasing the other gym, for example, really, highlighted the fact that we need to be dotting our I's and crossing our T's and, and, you know, tighten up things around here, which we run a pretty tight ship, but I was able to, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all, but kind of use that as an example, like running a gym is hard and you have to watch your business and these little things um, that we expect the coaches to do. And that I'm doing on the backside, like they're, they seem little, but If you don't watch that stuff, you're going to end up closing your doors and nobody wants that, right? The coaches don't want that. The members don't want that. I certainly don't want that. So um, anyway, that's getting off track a little bit as far as what was the question again? Coaches, how do I set that up for success? The new coach, I'm having her shadow our beginners. I'm having her shadow all of our um, other coaches, just constantly checking in with them. Um, And then we have quarterly coach checkups where we try to go in and, um, just update the coaches on what's going on and also try to make it social and a little bit fun. So yeah, be on our coaching staff and they want to be here. I'm trying to really, you know, I don't want just anyone. I do need help right now. Really, really bad, but I'm, you know, I want to invest in good coaching as that's our bread and butter of the business is our group classes. I need to be sure that my coaches are, are quality. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. And I think just having the backend systems and everything, flowing um simultaneously like with the coaches and make sure that um I always tell people like make sure that you're creating an opportunity for the coach like if if the opportunity isn't good enough like they're gonna go somewhere else and find um another job and that's typically what we see you know a lot of business owners in this industry and in CrossFit specifically they'll hire a coach and say okay go fish on your own go do it how you want um, and when we do that, that's when um, all hell breaks loose and, um, you know, we end up in the same situation we were in before where we're looking for coaches again. Um, 
next question that I have for you here is what would you, other than, other than staffing and hiring, what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck? Outside of staffing. Gosh, I just feel like staff is all I can think about um, <laughs> to run our systems in place. Hmm. Probably. Um, biggest business bottleneck besides staffing we're all dealing with like different stuff and I think for our listeners it's just as valuable talking about the good stuff as it is you know and the stuff that we've accomplished like a second location that's huge um as it is to talk about the stuff that we're all dealing with and staffing is pretty much the number one challenge that I hear people dealing with right now um, but is there anything else that, you know, you're still trying to figure out something that, you know, kind of keeps you up at night, thinking, you know, thinking about it, trying to figure it out? Yeah, I really can. Um, I mean, I can think of, you know, the, you know, the outreach, the cold leads like that for sure is, is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, making sure that, um, you know, we're thinking about retention and not just always sales, 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 but actually, you know, are we doing a good enough job of um, following up with people and checking in with the people, the people that just started on ramp, I guess that keeps me up at night. Like, I wonder how they're doing in class. Are they making it, you know? So, yeah. um, but I feel like a lot of this can be solved with staff <laughs> because then, right. you know, if you put someone in charge of, you know, which we have myself and, um, and Lexi, the other head coach here, uh, we we do that and it's um, largely her responsibility but right now she's so overworked so it's um, yeah just making sure people are, are happy and they're getting the service I want to be sure that they're getting you know value for what they're paying for right right and um, with retention like the thing that's going to keep our members sticking around is if they see value in us. So are we providing enough value so that they feel like they can see the results that they want here and not go elsewhere? Um, and that traditionally looks like the nutrition, the accountability piece and the um, fitness piece, which you guys have the classes going for you. You mentioned something early on that you do. Uh, I wrote it down here because I thought it was cool. You did quarterly um, goal setting sessions with your clients. And I think that that's a really great retention tool right there um, because people have that check-in to look forward to and um, can kind of see their progress in the in-body Scanner is great because they're going to see how much muscle they gained or how much body fat they lost. And um, it gives them a more visible um, visible result sheet. Like they can actually see what how their body has changed over time. So I think that that's a really good tool. Um, right now, would you say that your retention is pretty good or is it something that you guys are still you know losing some every month? we lose some every month, right? Of a hundred, but, um, and this is something I know I should be more on top of knowing exactly, but we usually, we, uh, on average, we grow by two members a month. So even if we lose some, gain some, we're on, um, during the summer, obviously we usually gain more than we lose during the holidays. We sometimes are breaking even. So overall we're around two averaging two members a month. Um, and our, I know our average length of engagement, I just checked this the other day, is eight months. So um, 
I think that that's just that kind of stuff is super important to me. You're going to have people leave for whatever reason they move or their job or they're not coming. Um, but um, I, I don't want people to leave because they don't feel like they're getting value for what they're paying for. Right. I understand that. Um, so to kind of contrast the challenge, the bottleneck question, I always like to get my um, guests to like think about the big picture a little bit. So if I were to hand you a magic wand and all your dreams and all your goals for both your facilities came true, what would that picture look like for you? I would have, um, you know, a manager at each location, head coach and manager handling the day-to-day aspects of, you know, running the, the gym. Um, where uh, I fully trusted them. They were happy, right, with their amount of pay and they were feeling fulfilled in their careers. And then where I would step back into more of a support role where I'm supporting the coaches and they feel that they don't feel stressed or overworked, um, supporting the managers, right, on, you know, more of that kind of a role. And then thinking about larger things like, um, you know, what's next for Whitehorse and what does it look like? What are our next steps? And spend some time researching, have the time, right, to free up to to learn and grow um, and see what that growth looks like. Yeah. So, you know, the idea of having managers um, operating both facilities so you can work more on the, the growth of the business, right, and what comes next. What do you have to focus on now to make that idea of having somebody running each location for you a reality? I think the main thing, like we have our coach's job description where it's in black and white. This is what you expect, we expect from you every day. I think I need to sit down and do that for the management role. I have a couple of people in mind that would like to take on that role, but I just want to be sure that it's a real clear picture. And it's not kind of like what you said um, here, you're managing it, go, go do it, you know, and we'll see if you're doing a good job, but actually, um, you know, more of a plan laid out and what that actually looks like. Make sure that we're on the same page, right? We're communicating about what I expect from them and what they expect from me. And um, so, yeah, that's what I need to do. Okay. Um, I think that that's a really good focus to have. I think that before you should ever think about bringing on a manager, like you have to have a complete build out of the systems that you use in the day-to-day so that you can pretty much hand that to them and show them this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it Um, versus, you know, just kind of saying, well, this is what I usually do. And this is what worked once. If we just have like a cut dry system to hand them, it's a lot easier. Um, What's something that you wish somebody had told you when you first got started in the industry? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. Uh, invest in a good website. Cause I had, uh, when I first started uh, a friend of a friend do the website and then a friend of a friend do the website, having a good website, um, that catches leads and that, um, you know, that's like critical. Right. And that's one mistake that I made in the beginning. Um, so invest in a good website is the first thing that comes to mind. Cause that was one of the big mistakes that we messed with for so long. And I would say kind of overall, forget anything that's like my buddy can make a sign or my buddy can build a website or my buddy makes t-shirts. Just forget that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Invest um, in someone who knows CrossFit, knows your industry and builds website that knows the industry and can help you, you know, 
the people that built our website in the beginning, you know, they didn't know anything about CrossFit. And um, anyway, I won't go there, but yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, when you are looking for help in this health and fitness industry, you should look for people who have experience in that specific industry and building websites for that specific industry. Right. Um, even like shirts and stuff like that. There are companies that will make specific shirts for people in the health and fitness industry because the materials that you, know, you wear for CrossFit, they have to be more breathable. So go with a company who understands that and knows that and don't just go with like the local Joe making the 100% cotton t-shirts down the road. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's a great piece of advice, one that I haven't heard before and so I appreciate it. Um, what is the website or Instagram? Where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about White Horse CrossFit? It's whitehorsecrossfit.com. On Instagram, we're White Horse CrossFit and we're White Horse West now. It's our new location. And then on Facebook, we're White Horse CrossFit. Easy enough to find. Thank you for being here today, for sharing your insight on the industry. It was a pleasure having you and hearing more about what you guys have going on. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Dan Turner with Bootcamp UK Gosport out of the UK. Dan, what is going on, man? How are you doing yeah. today? Happy Friday. I'm good. Happy Friday to you as well. Thanks for having me on. I'm very yeah. honored to be on here. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on as well. And so, you know, we're about ready to dive right into the nitty gritty of what you have going on here with Bootcamp UK. But first, let's take a step back and give the viewers a little perspective. So if you can, Dan, in your own words, how would you describe Bootcamp UK Gosport and what you guys do? So Bootcamp UK... Um, I run a franchise in Gosport, which is in the south of England. Uh, Bootcamp UK, we're a company that's UK spread, and we just have franchises in different parks all over the UK. And what we offer is uh, outdoor fitness classes for all shapes, all sizes, all abilities, all, all lives, all backgrounds. And we just give the people the opportunity to start a fitness journey, train in the great outdoors. Uh, we always say think outside the gym, which is our new tagline. Um, training the great outdoors with um, just a community of positive people um, and just change themselves for the better physically, mentally, and emotionally. So, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Such that sounded quite good, didn't it? Yeah, that was great. It's going to sound really good when it's published, man. I'll tell you that. And, uh, you know, I want to start with like the first question here, the very basic question, which is, you know, how many clients are you serving, Dan? At the moment, um, 
clients on memberships, I've got 100. Uh, however, we have introductory offers that we run. Uh, we do a six free classes offer for people to get involved and give it a taste um, to see if they want to commit to memberships with us. We also run another offer as 10 classes for £10. So it works out £1 a class. So including them people, you're probably talking about 160 Nice. nice. And I guess for you, uh, Dan, I mean, I, I like to ask this question because I think it's different for everybody. And uh, it's basically how do you get new people through your door or interested in working with you? How do you do that? So it's a lot. A lot of it is done on social media, media marketing. Um, what we also do as well is we have um, for gospel as, as particularly, we have these QR code key rings that we give to people, all our members, so that when they're out and um, when they're posting about Bootcamp UK on their pages or if people are asking them about Bootcamp, instead of saying, you know, well, explaining it to them in words, they can go, you know what, come and see for yourself, scan this QR code and people scan it, it takes them to our website and they just claim six free sessions there. Um, like I said, a lot of it as well is foot traffic because we're outside um, and we operate in public parks. We get so many dog walkers, people just out for a, for a stroll. Um, a lot of us are engaged with local sports teams as well. So we get advertising through their pages. Um, I'm involved with a local rugby team and they put my banners out um, on every match day. Um, you know, everyone all over does things differently. Some people operate out of schools with their franchise. So they have posters up in the school. You know, I think we're really, we've got a huge benefit where we're constantly in the public eye. Um, and, you know, obviously with websites like Trustpilot, which we use, we were ranked number one in fitness. So that's a massive accolade for us. And that's something that we use to advertise. And obviously the more you're viewed, I mean, you know how it works on the internet, we'll come top of the Google search. Whenever, whenever anyone types in bootcamp in the UK, um, they'll come top of the search list. So yeah, we're pretty yeah. much everywhere to be honest. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I love the versatility. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know you said you're right around between that, like 100, 160 mark, right? I think, um, I like to ask this question too, because I think it gives a lot of viewers an understanding of, of, of capacity. Right. So, I mean, realistically here, Dan, I mean, how much higher can you go than where you're at now? If leads, traffic, clients, all these things run. I, <laughs> I can because, because of where I am, like I said, because we're the we're we're outside and we train yeah. outside 365 days a year. Wow. Whatever the weather. Um, I've been down training when it's been 70 mile an hour winds, like hailstoning, snowing. I think the only time we've ever um canceled a class was when we had some really heavy snow. In the UK, we aren't prepared for snow like America is. I don't know why. Whenever it snows, yeah. there's even if it's an inch, everything stops in the UK. We're terrible. <laughs> uh, the only time we've cancelled a session is, is purely because people couldn't drive because the roads are okay. unsafe. Yeah. But um, going back to your question, you know, I've got a huge area that I can work with. Um, and all I do is I just employ more instructors to work. Um, a prime example during uh, last summer, obviously when gyms were still shut because of the pandemic, when things started opening up, we were open before gyms were. And I remember we were so popular. And I remember one Thursday evening in particular, I had 172 people on one session um, spread across three instructors. Wow. Um, so the sky's the limit, really. I mean, I can service, I could, I could easily 200, I imagine, 200, 250 um, it's just all about having the staff. As long as I've got staff that can take 
separate sessions yeah. then you know we can go to the moon <laughs> so, yeah and i love yeah. that no i love that and i want to ask a question in regards to that right because i think there's a lot of re- the ways that you can get there whether obviously it's either getting more leads or, or keeping people longer to maintain that that amount of people that you do have so i want to ask this question a little longer question but just bear with me on this yeah um you know if if uh if you could choose one of these three pillars, right? Because we use three pillars most prominently in the fitness and gym industry, and that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your acquisition, which is your sales, getting somebody from who's interested to a paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Dan, where do you feel like you can improve to get there quicker? Um. I would say probably in our marketing, our marketing is really, really good. Um, it's like I said, we're everywhere. However, you know, and I'm sure America is exactly the same at the moment. The financial climate is, is ridiculous and it's so hard to get people to spend money. Um, I think, you know, we, we've been offering the six free classes, um, you know, and could it be pushed out more? Yes, I believe so. That there's been times where I haven't put the QR codes out on classes, you know, and I, you know what it's like with life. And when you're busy, you forget. So I honestly think, in that respect, personally, with my park, I could probably be better at that. Um, social media, I'm getting a lot better at it personally. There are other guys, though, from the other parks where they are all over it. With, I mean, there's a, I'm 33 but there's like instructors that are in their early 20s and they're all over mm, TikTok I don't gotcha. have a clue I'm useless with that that platform <laughs> so I have um, to learn from yeah. them like where it should be the other way around if that makes sense <laughs> in, a, in a perfect world but yes I think for me personally as an individual my social media presence that could be a lot better in terms of marketing um, yeah going back to the third pillar with retention I believe that we're doing everything we possibly can with that. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a good friend um, called Pete Lines. He runs the parks around this area. We, we live in a county called Hampshire and he okay. owns various other parks. And I, I met Pete in Afghanistan in 2011 when I was in the army. So I've known him for years and we're really, really close. And he, he runs all the other parks in Hampshire. So the best part about that is we're not in competition with each other. So whenever we do anything, it's always done nice. together. So wow. what we do to retain clients is we put on extra events, competitions and challenges throughout the year that keep them engaged. Um, and it's stuff that's completely out of the box. Like um, Pete used to box for the army. He was a very, very good boxer. He's got all his coaching quals. So we run a boxing camp every year and then we have an interpark boxing tournament. So it's, it's offering people like giving people the opportunity to like, you know, immerse themselves in something that they would never, ever, ever have the opportunity, opportunity to do before. Um, you know, where there's a PTSD charity in the UK called combat stress that we're a massive supporter of. Uh, and every year we run a a music festival, which we call boot fest. Um, and that's another really good retention tool. Um, you know, so it's all about with us, it's just offering them the extra outside of their free classes that they, you know, they pay you a membership whatever rate they're on that entitles them to free classes a week to me you know i don't think you should just stick with that i think you really need to be offering more to add value to that membership and the best part is is you know apart from the music festival because it's for charity and they have to buy tickets with all the other events that we do it's all free um, and it's at no extra charge um you know i know that you know if you were in a crossfit gym i know that 
and this isn't downplaying and bad mouthing CrossFit at all, but I know that if you're in a CrossFit gym, competitions and things, you have to pay extra to enter. Whereas when we have our fitness competitions, they're all free. So I think, That's you know, I think that goes a long way. I think if you're giving up a lot of your time, um, people are more inclined to stay with you when they see you giving back. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love that. I, I love that. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency there, Dan. It definitely means a lot and serves the viewers very well there. And so I got two more questions for you, Dan, my two favorite questions, you know, what's the bigger picture for you long-term? What are you trying to accomplish down the road with? Uh, we, uh, we, well, as, as a franchise personally, I just want to be, you know, and I think me and like Pete, who I mentioned before, um, my vision is I just want to be doing things that other outdoor training providers aren't doing. I mean, I want to have things on classes that you wouldn't see on classes at any other boot camp um, and the, the events that we do. And we're always, like I said before, we're always thinking outside the box. Like I want to, I want my park to grow exponentially to 200 plus members if I could do that. And I want our events to grow as well. Like, um, you know, with the fitness competitions that I spoke about earlier, it's, it's called the Blanchard Trophy, and it's, it's named after one of our members that died of cancer a couple of years ago, called Sharon Blanchard. And we do varied um, fitness events. So we'll do like a duathlon. There'll be an orienteering one, um, which is map breeding. Uh, loads of things like water sports, things like that, you know, that every park comes together and they compete against all the other parks. And at the end of Christmas time, we have a presentation evening, and then we... Um, present the winning park like the Blanchard trophy we just want that to get bigger bigger yeah. and better with oh, massive yeah. events every year that you know and it's like I said with a boxing we want to just give people the opportunity to get involved with things that they would never ever get have got involved with if it wasn't for us so that's the vision just to keep building and like I said the sky's the limit with it that's awesome that's awesome and one last question here my favorite question of the day here Dan I'm curious to see your answer you know, uh, Dan, if you can go back in time here to when you first started and, and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started Bootcamp UK, what would that yeah. advice be for you? It would be, I'm going to quote, <laughs> I'm going to quote, there's a, there's a program, an American program that I watch called Parks and Recreation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to yeah. quote Ron Swanson when he says, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. And that, that to me is a bit of advice I really, really needed six years ago. I was trying to do too much too soon. If you just focus on one thing and let that build and really, really put time and effort in it and you believe in your product, then it is going to grow. If you try and go too big too soon, try adding too many things, it will fail. And that's what happens a lot in this industry. I'm sure you understand, JJ, like mm -hmm. people try and go too big too soon and then it fails because they get out of their depth. Um, and another bit of advice as well I'd want to give myself is you can't please everybody. Um, and that's just human nature. There's always going to be people um, that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, there are always going to be people that um, complain about something. And I think you had a guy, I can't remember what his name was. I listened to your podcast. There was a guy from Scotland and he had a really good analogy. He said, the squeakiest wheel always gets the oil. Um, and that basically means, you know, it's always the people that are negative that get the attention. So, you know, my advice to people starting out, whether you've got a gym or whatever you're doing is look after the people that want to be there and just forget the people that don't. And eventually it will just grow. Um, and that's that's all the advice that I would give to myself and people getting into this game.
I love that, man. Dan, that was a, a mic drop of an answer there. Where to close it out here? <laughs> it's a good place yeah. to wrap things up on this episode, Dan. But before we sign out, please shout out your social media, your Facebook, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the the UK Bootcamp? <laughs> awesome. So we can be found on Facebook. If you just type in Bootcamp UK HQ, that's our HQ page, and you'll see all the information about all of our parks. You can find Bootcamp UK Gosport by just typing in Bootcamp UK Gosport. Um, you can find us. We've got a podcast for the Hampshire area. If you're interested in listening to that, it's called the Thunder Buddies podcast. It's where we basically cover like what we're doing. Um, and it's more for our members to just keep up to date with everything that's going on, really, and, and give them a bit, another like string to our bow, so to speak. Um, I also want to shout out to my friend Andreas, but um, I mean, Andreas Byrne, he, he emigrated to Florida from the UK and he's taken Bootcamp UK to America. So if you type in Bootcamp UK America, you'll find him down in Daytona Beach. So if there's any nice. listeners from Florida, get yourself to Daytona Beach and give him a visit and you can see what we're about firsthand. I got to go down there. I got to go down there this weekend or something. Do it. <laughs> I appreciate Brilliant. the time. I appreciate the contribution of the podcast and I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two seconds, Dan, just so I can let you know how you can get the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Just going to let yeah. everybody go and sign them out over here, okay? No worries. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Lincoln from Rejuvenate Fitness Clubs out of Emo, Ontario, Canada. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great, Brooke. Thanks. I'm excited to have you here and to learn more about your fitness business. But before we really dive into that too deep here, give me a brief background Lincoln you know ultimately what was it that made you become a fitness business owner um well you know that's a great question what my so my my partner my wife and I um we actually own the business together we purchased it just over 10 years ago uh it was an existing facility and we live in a really small town like we're a town of 1500 people um and you know both of us were you know you know we were regular regular heavy users of the gym and when the previous owner decided she was going to put it up for sale uh I phoned my wife and I said hey so do you want to buy a gym and she was like uh no 
And, <laughs> and then I asked her several other times. Finally, she gave in and we bought the business. Um, and uh, and honestly, it's been it has been a labor of love for us since then. Um, you know, like I said, both of us, both of us spend a spend a lot of time in the gym. We spent a lot of time beforehand, and we spend a lot of time in the gym now. Um, but it's it, you know, it's it's obviously the, the dynamic of what we're doing in the gym now changes. Um, you know, we're a small facility uh with about a hundred-ish members, hundred between 100 and 150 members. And um uh and we're a card lock facility. So we're, you know, we're we don't have staff that are there. Um uh, and we do, you know, we are literally, you know, chef, cook, and bottle washer, right? We do everything from refilling water bottles to restocking and cleaning to to repairs on equipment to you know uh, installations to renovations. Um, we kind of do all, everything ourselves. So, um, but it's but being able to be to to do all of that stuff ourselves has meant that we've been able to to grow the business. We probably doubled it in size since we purchased it, um, and uh, and I think we've got we've got a pretty happy uh, pretty happy clientele so awesome what a journey and it's funny because I feel like this is how a lot of people like end up in gym ownership shoes is like they're working out at a gym and then the gym decides to sell and they're like oh well I, I guess I should buy it and then <laughs> here we are and we're you know running a gym which it's not like the thing that people think about when they're a little kid like oh, I'm gonna own a gym one day like None of us think that. Um, <laughs> okay, give us uh, an elevator pitch of Rejuvenate Fitness Club. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide. Just paint a picture for the listener of your business model here. Yeah, so um, so like I said, we're a card lock, unattended access facility. Um, up until COVID, we were a 24-hour-a-day facility. Uh, we changed, shifted things a little bit so that uh, um, changed our hours a little bit, but but basically we're about a 20-hour-a-day facility. Um, we have uh, we got a wide range of equipment, like you know, tons of stuff uh, for a gym our size. You know, we're probably uh, just over just under three. No just under 4,000 square feet. Um, we have classroom space that uh, we provide. We have a couple of different uh, uh, class providers. We've got a yoga instructor who works out of there. Uh, my wife is a, is a uh, Zumba instructor. Um, so she runs Zumba classes out of there as well. Um, and um, yeah, and we're just, you know, our focus is we always talk about that. We're not, a, this is not a gym for the, for the, this is not a gym for the the beautiful people this is a gym where you're going to work out we're not a crossfit facility um but but it's where you want to go and get a good workout get a good sweat on uh you know and and uh come out feeling great that's that's basically our model awesome. so. sweet yeah i mean there's definitely a need for places like this out there like a lot of people when it comes to fitness they just want to get in get it done and leave yeah. um so i think this is a neat model now let me ask you this you know, in this style model, a lot of business owners really rely on personal training as something that they offer that brings in a nice steady flow of extra revenue to the business. Um, do you guys currently offer personal training at all or no? We, we offer it, but, um, you know, I, I'm certified with CanFit Pro and I have another certified trainer who works with us as well. And um, uh, we, we offer it, but it's really for us, that hasn't been a, a significant source of revenue. Um, I, I think it comes back to that, to, for us anyways, that, that that model of, you know, get in, get out, do your workout um, and, and do it on your own. You know, there are lots of times in our facility where you're the only person there. 
um, which is great. You know, it's an, it's nice because it's almost like having your own, your own, your own space at home. Um, but, uh, you know, and it's, and it's rare that there are more than half a dozen people in the gym at a time. So it's a big difference right. from what you'll find in a big city. Uh, but, but that's not that we haven't been able to, uh, I, I mean, I, I would say partially we haven't, we haven't tried to capitalize on that. Um, you know, for both my wife and I, we're both working full time, you know, this is a, this is really a side gig for us. And it's a, like I said, it's a labor of love. Um, you know, we, we, we love being able to own it. We love being able to offer it to our community and uh, having it available, having it, it there, because if, it, you know, we weren't there, there's nothing within uh, 35 kilometers where you can yeah. go. So, you know, that's, that's, that's part of it. I mean, is is that the best business model? Probably not because <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. I think that like we as business owners don't have to be the one in the gym training clients. Like it's just not realistic, especially while you're working other jobs. I mean, that, that, that would make sense as to why you haven't capitalized on that yet. Um, but I do think just like there are people who like to come in, get it done and then leave. There are other people who could never be successful in that style of gym. And mm -hmm. I would say, I would say I'm one of those people <laughs> like yeah. I can't go in and get a workout in on my own. Maybe I could for like a couple of weeks, but then I would get bored of it and I would go home. I would talk myself out of going to the gym every day. And so I think that like, it is a neat thing to offer for those clients. Have you guys ever considered like bringing in an independent contractor, like just to use this space and you guys make a little extra income from that every month? Like if you charge them rent or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we, you know what, and we have done that. We do like the other, the other trainer that I have working with us. That's a, that's our model with her. Okay. Is is that we, you know, we we get a little bit of a cut of what she of what she makes when she's in there. But it's the same thing, right? Like you know, it's a side gig for her too. And yeah. and you know when uh, when you only have a you know that limited population to draw from um they aren't they're not lining up right for personal trainers that's <laughs> just the reality so yeah yeah and i'm sure it's hard to to find personal trainers in that area um yeah. people who would want to make it a full-time gig i mean 1500 people the likelihood yeah. that one of them like wants to do something like that full-time is very slim um <laughs> We actually, we actually about uh, about five years ago, we brought in a CanFit Pro uh, certification trainer, and okay. uh, we actually had a we had a group of about nine of our uh, of our members who decided to step up and wanted to get their own CanFit Pro certification. Um, but anybody who does anybody who does uh, you know training certification will tell you that probably seventy five to eighty percent of them drop off in the first year and a half, and that was exactly what happened. You know, there are, of of those eight people who came in, this is the only one who's who's held on to it. Um, yep. So, uh, but again, there's not there just is not the there just isn't the market the you know there isn't the the population size to to support that many people doing it, right yeah and it's hard too like i think the reason why there's such a big drop off is like this is the type of business where you do have to hustle like and you do have to like constantly be on the lookout for new clients and marketing and advertising yourself if you want to be successful otherwise you're just going to have two or three clients that you train every week and have it be something that's, you know, just a little extra money in your pocket, not a full-time gig, right? Um, so, okay, membership-wise, you mentioned to us that you have, you know, 100, 150 clients. Does that sound about right? Or members? Yep. Yep. 
and the facility is around 4,000 square feet. So with 100, 150 members, is that a place where Lincoln, you guys feel pretty good, pretty comfortable, or would you ideally take on more members if they were knocking on the door? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, like anybody else, of course we would, right? Uh, um, you know, I think that uh, I think that we definitely have we have capacity to grow, um, but it, but it still continues to come back to to what the capacity is, you know, what the potential market is um, for us. And uh, you know, uh, one of the things that's that uh, we feel pretty proud about is that you know we you know when you have a town of fifteen hundred people and you have one hundred and fifty members, we have ten percent of our population now has has some membership in our gym, which if you lived anywhere else, you would be over the moon, right? About what that about that kind of that kind of revenue stream and that kind of membership size, um, you know. But but I think we're we're comfortable with where we are, um, but we also we you can't you can't let yourself get too comfortable when it comes to that kind of stuff. So um, we continue to we continue to look for new members. You know we um uh, my my full-time gig is working as a newspaper uh manager of a newspaper so you know we utilize we utilize uh you know uh social media as well as the newspaper and and the other the other outlets that we have locally but really probably our biggest driver for a small town is word of mouth you know oh yeah 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 like, you know, our summer, our summer this year, as an example, you know, coming out of COVID, of course, COVID kicked everybody's ass um, in, in every direction. But this past summer, you know, we, we saw a pretty drastic increase in memberships, probably about mm, between eight and 10% increase in memberships. And it was all entirely driven by word of mouth. Like we had a couple of, and it was, and it was young guys and really, you know, to see an increase in your membership in the summertime, what the hell, like it just doesn't happen. Right. For a small facility like us, you know, we can, we can track, we can track, you know, revenues in uh, June, July, and August uh, very, very accurately because there's just not a lot of it. Um, we always talk about the January pays for July. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a ton of seasonality in this business for sure. Being that I'm in the central Florida area, we deal with it because we have tons of people moving here for seasonal months, right? So they move here for the winter, the winter months. Um, and then over the summer, it slows down a bit for us. And so that's when word of mouth isn't really our friend because with word of mouth, we can't control the speed that people are talking about us. And yeah. so it's hard to project the growth that's gonna happen solely through word of mouth. You mentioned two other methods that you guys use, newspaper, social media. Talk to me about how beneficial either of those have been for you. Um, I mean, you know, social media is, it's, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of social media in general, but we recognize it as sort of a necessary evil, um, that it's important for us to have a presence there. And um, that presence has dropped off a little bit recently, but it, but it, but it's still definitely, uh, it still definitely is a, is a driver. And uh, it's it, uh, honestly, you know, um, DMs and, and messenger and, and that kind of pieces is, is one of the primary ways that we keep in contact with a lot of members. That's how they reach out to us initially. And that conversation often continues in that um in terms of the newspaper i mean we know that we know that uh the newspaper industry is is a challenging industry um you know our demographic is definitely uh is definitely in the 50 to 55 plus category um but but that's also you know that's also been a little bit of a growth area over the last uh well how do you measure over the last three years but over the last 
five years, you know, we've seen some growth in uh, in some of those, in some of the older members, some of the older members of our community um, wanting to prep themselves for retirement and wanting to be, to get themselves into a healthy place so that they're not, you know, they're not hobbled and they're not crippled when they get into their 60s and get into their 70s. So, Okay, okay. So newspaper, social media, obviously, like in this industry, no matter how much we love or we hate social media, since 2020, it's a lot more prominent. People are spending way too much time on their phones, on their laptops. So having a presence in social media for any business, no matter if we're a gym, a restaurant, a chiropractor, et cetera, it's beneficial for, for us. Now, in social media, do you guys like actually advertise at all, or is it just kind of organically posting and sharing kind of photos of the gym and your members? Oh yeah, no, no, we've done some, we've done um, a decent amount of advertising. Specifically, I mean, primarily on Facebook um, has been where we we've, we've done a, uh, Facebook leads campaigns are pretty helpful yeah. um, for sure. And uh, but you know, just just also you know boosted posts and that kind of thing. We've you know we've taken advantage of for sure in our busier seasons. So yeah. There's a lot of ebbs and flows that come with the boosting posts. I know like sometimes I do, I've done it in the past and seen like success from it. And other times it's like, I felt like I wasted my money. Um, but with the ad campaign and the lead, the leads, like that's where I saw the most success. Um, how frequently do you run those campaigns? Uh, probably, I mean, you know, again, ebbs and flows, right? There are different times that, you know, right. You know, for sure, um, it's something that we've we've utilized. You know, at the beginning, at the end of the year, and the beginning of the year, more frequently. Um, okay. Probably, set, probably, I would say between six and eight campaigns a year is what we will pursue. Um, okay. The good thing for us is that because we're a small population, our campaigns are really cheap. You know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. but but honestly, I would say the the you know really anybody who's not using Facebook leads. Um, that that's the that's the banger that's the one that definitely has driven more uh driven more traffic than boosted posts or then you know posted advertising or that kind of thing it's leads has yeah. been leads has been really helpful for us so yeah definitely um want to take a chance here you know lincoln it's beneficial for us to talk about the good stuff but it's also beneficial to talk about the stuff that has been challenging or poses challenges for us in our business currently because that's relatable for other gym owners. There's probably somebody listening to this show right now that can really relate to your challenges. So what would you consider to be your, you know, biggest business related challenge and how, what are you doing to kind of work on overcoming that? Um, I mean, I think, I think one of the, one of the challenges that I would identify is I, you know, our, our, in terms of our capital and our equipment uh, costs, right. Um, you know, we were able to, we were fortunate to step in and buy, Turnkey, right? Have everything in place, but the you know our, our capital purchases. We we really don't we don't have the uh, we don't have the capacity to look at large scale leasing of equipment. Um, so as a smaller facility, you know we've all watched the cost of equipment just go through the roof over the last three years, right? And um, so so trying to trying to continue to upgrade equipment uh you know on in a non-lease situation um it's it's you know it's the cost is huge cost is much more than it was um when we started out and uh so you know we wind up doing a lot more um 
revitalizing and refurbishing and repairing of equipment where you know and trying to keep trying to keep things lasting for longer um and so that's been that's been a challenge just as a small bit as a small gym right is um you know when when treadmills are five and six and seven thousand dollars a piece you know how do you and and your revenue and that's you know you're looking at that's that's a significant portion of your revenue just to replace one piece of equipment and we we run you know we've got four treadmills in our little gym so you know you, you know multiply that by all the other pieces and it it starts to it, it's it's tough to keep up it's tough to keep up with what's happening uh in technology because some of the the new pieces of equipment are phenomenal but i can't i can't drop another four grand on a you know on a uh on a bike or you know at this point right i have to really you know, we did, we, I think we did like a $7,000 increase in our purchase of equipment the week before COVID happened. So it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, that is tough. No matter what kind of gym you're running, like equipment cost and repair and all of that stuff in this industry, like the overhead is massively high. And for many people, they really don't understand that. And I hear all the time, it's like, oh, I'm going to open up a gym. Like, I love to work out. But then you open up the gym and you don't realize how much it costs to have the gym. Um, yeah. And so it is, it is challenging. Now, what are some of the ways that you guys could maybe increase the revenue coming in so that, you know, when you have to make these repairs or get new pieces of equipment, that it doesn't seem so trying well i i think um one of the things that we've done is is uh it's not necessarily gym related but we've been able to diversify our model right so we uh, you know we we bought the bill we bought the the gym uh the business itself and still rented from our from our uh our landlord um a couple of years down the road we were actually able to buy the building and uh convert some of the space we, you know, we actually made our gym twice as big but some of the space that was being utilized for other for other renters we converted into office space we had two apartments upstairs uh that we renovated and updated and and being able to diversify that that revenue stream, especially during COVID, I mean, boy oh boy, I don't know what we would have done if we hadn't had that diversified stream of revenue um, at that point. So that's been, uh, you know, being able to uh, being able to pursue what you love, right? The gym piece is what we love. Uh, nobody loves office being a landlord. Nobody loves renting office space. But but it's it's enabled us to keep doing what we want to do with that space. Um, so, so, you know, if there's, if there are opportunities to do that, that you can, that you can, you know, you can, you can right. get into those other, get into some other places that make things a little bit easier, um, you know, to keep your revenues, keep the, the revenue stream coming, even through those lean months of the summer, or even through that kind of thing, that's been really helpful for us. So, yeah, and that looks different for everybody. I mean, a lot of gym owners try to make more work for themselves within the business but luckily you guys like had a pretty cool space where you could add some stuff into to the facility and then you know I mean obviously being a, a, a landlord it does cost you some time but it's not like you have to spend hours every single day working on that and that's just extra revenue flowing in for you guys to help you cover that overhead yeah. um <clears throat> okay Last question that I have for you here is going to be, you know, look at your business right now. If I were to hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came through, there's nothing holding you back, not financial, nothing. What would that picture look like for you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, 
I have somebody else who did the uh, repairs on the equipment other than me. That's for sure. That'd be the piece. Um, but but honestly, uh, you, you know, really, really, what I would love to have in terms of in terms of capacity is to have uh, to have more people who uh, who we could draw on to to encourage new members and to and you know like uh, you know thinking about people like personal trainers and people who want to run classes and people who have uh who have a passion for uh for group training and for uh you know for really to try and diversify the scope of what we can offer um you know i like I said, for as a, because it's a side gig um, and it's really a labor of love. It, for us, it's less about you know. We don't get into the into the that that when you get stuck in trying to chase the in whatever the next the next best thing is, right? Um, I, I'd rather be able to have other people who say, hey, you know, there's this really new, there's this really cool new group training uh, approach that I'd like to, I'd like to take. Perfect. Come in and be a part of who we are, right? And come in and do that. We make a little bit of extra money while they're doing that. And, uh, and our, and the benefit goes to our members. Um, yeah. that, that for me, that would be, that would be ideal. Is just having more resources in our community that we could draw on more expertise, you know, more, yeah. more certification. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's something that hopefully will be a reality. I mean, and even though we're living in a constantly evolving industry, I mean, hopefully someday somebody walks in and they're like, ah, you know, I want to do this in your facility, but it is difficult. And just the task of hiring, you know, you know, no matter what, kind of business that you're operating it is hard in today's world um people don't want to work like they wanted to work pre-2020 um so right. it is challenging and hopefully you guys will kind of have people knocking at the door one day with opportunities um for you to offer more um what word of advice would you give somebody who is fairly new like somebody who's just stepping into this role of being a gym owner Oh, um, I, I mean, for us, and I, I really have to, again, through the lens of being a small gym owner is, um, um, you know, is really comes down to how, you know, looking for those multiple diverse revenue streams. I think that's the most important thing, um, you know. It, pursue what you love pursue that passion um don't be afraid to take chances on it um but but look at how you can how you can mitigate the ebbs and flows and sort of the peaks and valleys um that are inherent in this industry but that are also inherent just in you know like you know you look at the last three years in COVID and being able to how do how do you how do you make it so that your revenue streams can be more consistent um you know look at look at ways to uh uh to have complementary pieces um, that work together so that you can so that you can keep your facility uh, healthy and vibrant and continuing to grow, um, but but not really reliant on just one on just one revenue stream. So, yeah, the more revenue streams, the better. And that was like something for me that I had to implement within my business if I wanted to go from good to great. We only had one revenue stream before, and that was our normal group class membership. That's all we had, and and that wasn't you know that wasn't going to take us to where we wanted to go. So that was when we added in nutrition, supplements, personal training, semi-privates, just a bunch of extra stuff as more streams of revenue coming into the business. Um, and that was huge for us. I mean, that made it so that we weren't, you know, just covering our overhead every month. 
that yep. we were actually able to put some money back into the business, actually pay ourselves a de- decent amount. Um, so thank you for sharing that piece of advice there. What is the website? Where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about your business? Well, you can find us at rejuvenatefitness.ca. And uh, yeah, and, you know, um, thank you for the opportunity and the chance to to uh, to connect with your listeners. Um, you know, our like I said, our facility is pretty different from a lot of other facilities. Um, but uh, but it's it's great to be able to tell our story. And, uh, you know, we're pretty passionate about what and pretty proud of what we've done. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's something that somebody can glean something from for their, you know, for their future. Yep, absolutely. I appreciate you. I think that there are for being here today listen please hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us so at the dim lords podcast fill out the link in the description we will be as always until next time dim lords thank you so much for listening if you found this content valuable here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free one grab a free copy of alex ramosi's best-selling book gym launch secrets at alexsbook.com two join our free facebook group at alexsgroup.com three if you're a gym owner you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com four leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you and as always Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.